Now streaming. Now streaming. This is a Vangrio production. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Welcome to the Double Line, everybody. We moved uh, Stevie Dean is rowdy at friends from Saturday night because I thought the quarantine was wrapping up. I said people aren't going to be sitting their ass home on a Saturday night. So let's do let's do like a, a quarantine uh, hump night. And people are stressing out watching the news. And I'm all about the Keith Partridge haircut. So I'm like, come on, get happy hour. I'm a friggin' hillbilly genius. Look at that. Because I wake up every morning my Keith Partridge haircut and go, I think I love you. What am I so afraid of? One of my oldest jokes, by the way, right there. My oldest love it. Last five years. But anyway, so we're kicking it off the very first night. Uh, my homie, which produces all of my stuff for 20 plus years, Judy Sketch Lewinson. She is a genius, rapper, poet, producer, artist, all the stuff you always see of me in the background, like right there. She did all of this stuff. So she's been my homie for many, many years. She was on the ones and twos when I had a show at the Laugh Factory on Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's always got my back. So she's more of a technical, creative genius than I am. So we partnered up on this uh, YouTube Zoom thing. And so this is our very first, my very first Zoom show. So I'm sure there's going to be mistakes. Hopefully she can fix it in the mix. Speaking of mix, I'm sitting there playing some mix from Stevie D on the Wheels of Steel back in the day. In the double wide. Got my quarantine kicking right here. We got two kick-ass guests, two of my homies from back in the day. Funny, funny, funny lady. She is the best. She likes to rock. And uh, she doesn't know every show we have a drinking word. So I thought the drinking word tonight should be Rockstar. She's a badass right. Rockstar. She loves Rockstars. We were one at one of the last, maybe the last show at the Staples Center before the lockdown. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But everybody, I can see her. I don't think you can see her yet because Sketch is going to fix it in the mix. But give it up for funny lady, writer, producer, and rock star, Courtney Cronendold. Hi. Okay. <laughs> I called you Courtney Cronin for only like 20 years, and then you flipped the switch on me. And I flipped it 10 years ago. I've been married 10 years, and it's funny that no one, like, still doesn't know my married name. They still call you me Courtney, which is fine. Because it kind of goes together. Courtney Cronin, you know, it, like, goes together. Courtney Cronin. Yeah. Courtney Cronin. <laughs> I told you when we did the last show we did together, it's so hard for me to, to say Courtney Cronin and Dold, and plus I'm from Kentucky, we don't pronounce the L's, so I say, Courtney Cronin and Dold. Dold. I've been called Dude, Dude Dode, Dodd. You're like, Courtney right. Cronin just I had your homie uh, Trish Sir on uh, a couple weeks ago. Trish was on the show? No uh, way! Does she have spare fingers? Good. She has spare fingers. Yeah. We, There's Trish Pulaski and I have been talking like Trish to Trish forever. And I've known <laughs> Trish a long time. Uh, God, 23 years. I've you known Trish. Stories on Trish huh? uh, she's a great person. She's hilarious. She can fix um, anything. She's from Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky she's from Kentucky. Girl. She's from Kentucky. Her mom was what? Miss Kentucky. I knew she was a beauty queen. I didn't know she was Miss Kentucky. Oh, okay. I knew she was a beauty pageant. That's why she'd wear her hair, jacket to Jesus. That's what Trisha always say. <laughs> Bigger the hair, the closer to the Lord. Closer to the Lord. <laughs> I love you, Trish. Mom, you probably, won't, you probably won't see this, but if you do, I love you. <laughs> we love you, Trish. Uh, my mom just came out from Kentucky two weeks ago, and... Uh, she don't trust those airplanes, those big things flying up in the sky. Mm. Could just fall out of the sky at any moment. They could just she fall came down. Out. My sister escorted her brother come out, and uh, my kids were just cracking up because all their little cousins in Kentucky, everybody has the accent, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I, I guess mine kind of evolved. I don't know. Uh-huh. Probably was walking like the evolution of man, and now I'm a little bit upright. But uh, my mom would say. Holly May, that's my sister. Holly May's in there thinking she's beautifying herself. She don't know it ain't working. <laughs> beautifying. No, that's how we just, you know, we bust each other's chops back there. 
I'm beautifying myself. Then I put on Beautiful. glasses and big old Princess Leia headphones, so it doesn't make a difference. I could have dunked You're my head beautiful. in the toilet. I'm beautified. <laughs> I had to blow dry for the show. I blow dry just for you. I know. You take longer to do your hair than me. Hmm? Thank you, dear. Mm -hmm. uh, where did you come out here from? Um, well, we moved here when I was 11. From um, We lived in Boston and then Detroit for a while because my dad worked for um, Chrysler. And then right we moved from there to here when I was 11. So I actually went to high school here. I went to high school in Palos Verdes for just one year. And then I went the rest of my high school in West Hollywood. And I went to high school right off the Sunset Strip, just a block away from the old Tower Records. And uh -huh. I used to walk up and down there. And we used to go to like sound checks because that was after school. And you could go like listen to sound checks, you know, just hang That's around the back that. and hang out. Mm -hmm. It was fun. And, you know, we didn't know who we were listening to, but it was still fun. I mean, you know, the names are out front, but, you know, we didn't know who a lot of the bands were. And then you see these names, and then like three years later, they're all on MTV. You know, it was kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Who did kinda you crazy. see? Do you remember anybody that you saw during sound check and you saw them blow up? No, we didn't get to see anything. We just listened. They wouldn't all let us in because we were all, I was 15 and 16. We couldn't get in. But um, we used to just kind of hang around and be like, can we come in? and we, used to call, we called it rehearsal. We didn't know it was called sound check. <laughs> be like, can we come in and listen to rehearsal? And they're like, no, <laughs> you're too young. You're like jukebox hearing the song with your, with your ear to the wall. I know. It's, uh, it's too bad some of, our, uh, some of our comrades weren't there because at 15, they'd be like, come on in, girls. No, I'm kidding. They, uh, you just right. Huh? I was just thinking the other day how many perverted songs about girls that are 16 or yeah. you know, she was only 17. I'm like, yeah. these guys are pretty sick. It was like Epstein. Yeah. She's only Epstein 17. And Epstein 17 is 12. But, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like 40s, the new 30, kind of. With him, it was like, <laughs> Rock yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing we only Winter, asked, like, nice guys. <laughs> huh? What'd you say? Kip Winger had it. She was only 17 She's or only like 17. That. I love that song. <laughs> yeah, but I Kip Winger's perfect. Singing. Kip Winger is perfect. He can do no wrong. And anybody, I've never heard one bad thing about that guy. And he still looks great. And he sounds amazing. He still sounds great. He sounds the same. You're going to dig this if I can find it real quick. Um, my buddy Mark Holt is singing with this super group now called uh, Scrap Metal. Oh, cool. They come out to play. I'll take you to see them. But it's Nelson yeah. and Lita Ford, Kip Winger. Oh, I would so go see that. Is that Mark Slaughter in the background? So they're called Scrap, Scrap Metal. Oh, cool. Who's in it? Who else is it's in Nelson, it? But this is a crazy story. So my buddy Mark was one of my groomsmen. I've known him for like 30 years in the middle. Uh-huh. Okay. But Mark always dreamed of being a rock star, like we did or whatever. And uh, then he went on. He had kid, a couple kids, so he had an advertising agency. So then he just had a little cover band on the weekend from Memphis. And his daughter would come out. They would fly around during, cast, during pilot season. And she was from Memphis, Tennessee and had an accent and she came out and she blew up Olivia Holt. So now she's uh -huh. a big star. She's a big no. star. Sorry, and I'm so then Mark just got this opportunity to sing with scrap metal. Like he was singing at some benefit concert in Memphis. Nelson was there and wow. someone else heard him. So I'm like, that's totally the rock star movie story. That is awesome. Yeah. It's like, uh, in the yeah, in the movie uh, Rockstar, and then that yeah, singer dude, uh, Miles Kennedy. <laughs> and uh, who else was it that? Oh, the singer of Journey also. Like, yeah, found him on YouTube. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's great. I've seen Journey a few times with him. He's fantastic. Badass. I hate to admit it. Even though he says "Don't stop bereaving," you know, bereaving because he's Filipino. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> sound effects spared no expense you know what no one ever laughs at my journey joke it depends on who's in the room and the only time it got a laugh was when they're 
their um, tour manager was in the audience. And I said, um, I just saw Journey because we were in Nashville. And I said, I, I just saw Journey and Def Leppard. And I love Journey because I love Journey fans because they're such cool, fun people. Because there was this, um, at the show, there was this little girl and she was so cute and so, she knew all the words because she's the lead singer. And then everybody got like mad. I'm, and then I, then I just go, he knows he has feminine features. He's soft looking. He's pretty. Long. You know? But like no one got, no one gets it. <laughs> Speaking of your rock and roll show, Courtney produces a badass show on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. Punchlines and backlines. Mm-hmm. Punchlines and backlines. Yeah, you did. You did like one of the first ones. It, you know what? We have a tough time getting an audience in there. Like the first show, we had Jason Christopher from Prong, and he and he plays also in Corey Taylor's band. He's an incredible musician. He's so talented, and um, we packed the place. And we and the sound guy like fucked us over. He just didn't show up. He just didn't show Not up. Cool, man. No, and this is before we really got to know the management and kind of got a you know kind of got it like a kind of a, a, you know, I don't know how to say it, but like a good relationship where they wouldn't let my partner touch the sound equipment, even though he's a musician and he knew how to do it. So we literally just had to wait and the show started so late and I felt so bad. And then another time we had no mic. So I don't know why I'm talking about the two bad times, but all the other times, there's my husband. All, good time. uh, <laughs> all the good times we had, um, you know, we had um, Chad Stewart from Faster Pussycat um, on the show and Patrick Hennison from Lita Ford's band and Genocide, who's um, the lead singer of Paradise Kitty, which is the, uh, the Guns N' Roses all-female band. And she sings with everybody. She's so talented. It's insane. And um, so what the show is is that uh, because I worked on the Rock and Roll Roast for, for Guitar Magazine, I love writing funny stuff for rock stars and watching them la get laughs. And it just kind of got me on this roll with that. But I felt like the roasts were mean. And I know a lot of people really had a hard time with it. Like Lita Ford had a really hard time with it. She did not, like once it kind of got going and she saw the reality of kind of the comedians are kind of tough, she did not like it at all. And she actually wanted to leave in the middle of the show. It was like a whole thing. And because I got like, because I produced her and I wrote for her and I spent all that time with her and talking to her all the time, I felt the way she, like I empathized and I sort of took on her pain and I felt terrible about it. Like, I'm so glad that it took, it was a few years, but I finally got to talk to her and like, you know, talk it out with her because she really hated it, you know? And I felt so bad about the experience she had. Huh? You mean about they were roasting Lita? She wasn't expecting some of the material to be as harsh as it was. Like we prepared huh. her. We're like, you're the only girl. They're going to make jokes about, you know, oh, your age, you know, they're all in love with you. They're all still in love with you. You know, yeah. you're going to say this vagina and that, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be bad. But some of the guys, they kind of took a couple digs. I thought were a little, little mean. And, yeah. um, and it wasn't stuff that I was, I'm not going to pass blame or anything, but I feel like, you know, maybe we could have taken that stuff out or whatever, but the comedians are going to do what they want. You know, like the musicians, we were sort of monitoring their material more. The comedians, no. So, you know, you have Jim Norton on the dance. You have Jim Florentine. Like, there's going to be some zingers. And well, they're um, going there. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, a couple of them hurt her feelings. So, it hurt her feelings. Yeah. So you couldn't see their material before. Uh, they didn't want us to see it. Uh, the comedians didn't, but. Because I was the head writer for that with the EP, we were the co-head writers. We did go over the material, and um, some of it was not that bad. You know what I mean? There was some stuff we we cut, and then there was some stuff that people were writing on the fly. So it just it just happened. You know, it's a roast, yeah. and it was live, and we didn't. You know, it wasn't edited until later, and um, until it reran. So. Everything was there. It was on the table. And really, it was like two jokes that, that hurt her feelings. And one of them wasn't even that bad. You know, it really, it wasn't bad. And, um, but it's a roast, you know. Like, I don't want to be in a roast because I'm sensitive. It's going to hurt my feelings. So the way I write roast jokes is yeah. I write them point of view, very personal about that person's relationship to the person being roasted. To, you know what I mean? 
Like, oh, we yeah. met in 1973 and we went to this party one time and, oh, we were in this band together and we spent Christmas together. Like, I write stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. so it's very, very personal and or it's so ridiculous that it's not going to hurt their feelings. So because of what happened with her, it changed my mind about roasts, how to write, how to write for them, how I want, you know, the kind of stuff I want to be a part of, you know. Mm -hmm. And I still want to be a part of roasts. Just my material is just going to be a little bit different. That's all. And that's yeah. okay because I think it's great to have all kinds, you know. It's great to have yeah. all different kinds of point of view and different voices. So, um, so anyway, after that happened, I'm like, well, I still want to do this. But, you know, the rock and roll roast is my friend Josh's thing, and he's the genius of that, and he created wow. Golden God Awards. He's amazing. Hopefully it's coming back. And uh, that's his thing. So I said, well, yeah, it's the same guy. All the gods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a badass. Like he's just like, oh, I'm at lunch with Alice Cooper. I'll call you back. Like he's just like that cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, gold, uh, Alice. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty cool, and he's also this genius joke writer, which you would never think because he's not a comedian, but he's really really good. That's Mark Slaughter, and that's Lita. That's Lita Ford. There she is. Oh yeah. So there's buddy next to her. It's Okay. You're cool with her now? You, you and Lita are cool? We're cool. We, we talked it out at the Kiss Expo. I was in tears. She was in tears. Like, it was a whole thing. And it was just, um, I just felt so bad because I just really respect her so much. And uh, she said, Damn, I wish I had more person. tonight. We would put her on the phone, we'd get Lita and on the Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just literally, like, when I found out that I was going to get to work with her, it was, like, the most exciting day ever because she's Lita. Like, she's the goddess. You know, she's oh, kicked down every single door, barrier, anyone that said, no, women can't do it. She's like, watch this, motherfuckers. You know, like, yeah. and, and look how good I look. I look good. Like, she looks good. <laughs> and she still sounds great. So it was like a dream. And then when that happened, like, that's the reality of the story. That's what happened. I... Really, I got depressed. I really like took it so personally. Even, you know, mm -hmm. I just put myself in her shoes, and I felt terrible. I actually got mad at her manager because <laughs> I talked to him every day, and I was like, she was going through a terrible divorce at the time. And when oh, you're man. going through something like that, you're extra, extra, extra sensitive. You know, yeah. as a woman, I would, you know, I've never been through a divorce, but I've been through some breakups and I don't, I don't want anyone talking shit to me. Um, but uh, oh, I love it. that's, I love that's why I do this stand-up. Mark, Mark is yeah. on my buddy Mark that sings with scrap metal on my Saturday night, Stevie Dino's Rowdy Friends. He would close out the show. He's in Orlando oh. now. I'd pitch it to him. And it's funny, the first episode he was on, so he and I jam in the backyard. I mean, he's out. We've been friends for 30 years. So I oh, wow. Campfire jams, and yeah. the first night he was on, I grabbed my little Brazilian drum, and I'm all right. Playing the drum, I didn't know it was like a second delay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I boom, bang, bing, bang, fucking the song all up. <laughs> I thought it sounded good until I heard it back, and and then I'm like, well, huh? Somebody's <laughs> off beat. It's not me. Yeah. Oh, it was me. But it's like I didn't. So it's a delay. So. I did the show about uh, a couple weeks ago in Ventura, and even then was a little, little bit off. That's but so Courtney, funny. Uh, what, so what do you got coming up after the quarantine? Are you get things up? You're gonna resume your lines and back lines? Yeah, we are. Sorry, and you know what? I never got to the point. The point is, is that I wanted to write stand up for rock stars, and they do five minutes, and then we talk on the phone or go have lunch or something, and then they tell me about their personal life, and then I craft a set for them based on the conversation that we have. And then they practice it and go over it, and then everybody's done really well. It's Patrick Kennison, Lita's guitar player. That. So they do jokes. They do the jokes, and then they, they play a set. Then they play a set afterwards, whatever they want. A lot of people don't know that doing these roasts, like Comedy Central, I was at the Laugh Factory one night, and Lisa Lampanelli was there, and we are talking, and she was about to roast Pamela Anderson the next night. They'd never even uh, met before. Yeah. So she's running jokes by me. And like, yeah. so you, if you're going to be roasted, you got to, you, you got to roll with it, you know? It's not going yeah. to be, there's no kind roast. I got roasted once and someone's saying, Stevie D has the biggest fucking head. His head is like, a, it's like a bobblehead. I'm like, really? I didn't realize my, it was even like that, but okay. 
I don't write any jokes about people's physical appearance. I don't do any. Okay. None. And uh, I think, yeah, just about, just I always try to make it ridiculous or personal because it'll still get a laugh and it's still roasty. It's just the person's going to leave going, oh, that was a good one. Instead of, fuck you, Matt. You know, yeah, like, yeah. that was messed up because after Craig <laughs> Gass's roast, Craig's one of my best friends and I, would, I oversaw all the material for that because I know if anything was going to hurt his feelings. And yeah. I was shocked at the one joke that he was not a fan of. And it was a joke one of the comedians in Hawaii did. He was like, that one, that one really bothered me. And I was like, that one? <laughs> you know, it was like not that bad. You never know what's yeah. gonna what's gonna hurt someone's feelings, so you know, or bother what's them. The you know, I mean whatever. Do you do the Chris the, the Kiss Cruise with Craig? The Kiss yes. Cruise? Mm-hmm. I opened you do that? Craig and then we Yeah. And then we go to the Kiss Expos and I work for him there and that's why I get to see all that cool stuff and meet all these amazing, fun people, and it's really fun. That's why we were that badass at the Kiss concert right before the quarantine. I know. Can you imagine? I can't believe we didn't get sick. I was in the middle on the floor, and I was, like, smashed up against people, and it was, like, it was a good we were, show. You were posting, like, Courtney's here. Where the hell is she? And she's like, I'm in the front. I'm like, oh. I was, you know, it's funny. I was actually in Dr. Dre's seat. And for some part. No. Dr. Dre's nephew and my son are best friends. So, uh, <laughs> really? When they want to go to the show, they're like, hey, man, uh, do you want to go to see Kiss? I'm like, what? Are you crazy? I love Kiss. And I saw them so many times, but that was a badass show. So I'm like, I can't believe Dr. Dre didn't want to see Kiss. I know. I, I'm surprised. And, and Paul Stanley put on Kobe's jersey and dedicated oh, the show to him because so cool. they had just passed away. They had just been killed like two weeks before. Down and there. it happened right across from my son's school. Oh. Son's so every day these kids would see the helicopter lowering and picking up debris, knowing what that yeah. was. It was sick. Uh, On a light note, we have a special guest tonight. Who? Oh, uh, Rainy? Rainy? Whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. First, I'm so stupid. Over here. Over here. <laughs> Who can I'm it so be? Stupid. Okay, so let me put this down so you can see Rainy. Okay, Rainy, come over here. Okay, can you sit? Good boy. Okay, you want to do some push-ups? Get down, and then up, and then down, and then up. Good boy. He's going to do some... <laughs> okay, and then... <laughs> Here's his favorite one. Uh, Rainy, come here. Can you do a trick, please? Can you go down? Oh, he's doing it, but you can't see him. Back up, down here. Lay down. Make a sad face. Sad, sad face, sad face. Good boy. Good boy. Okay, now up, Rainy. Give me five on the side. Up high, down low. Too slow. Too slow. (laughs) That's what I do all day. (laughs) That's what I do all day. (laughs) I'm glad Rainy's healthy. Yes. Can you wave to Rainy? Yes. Good boy. Rockstar. Mm -hmm. Freaking words, rockstar, Courtney. Yes. Well, Courtney Cronin, we love you. Where can people you. find you? Um, at Courtney Cronin Dold on Facebook. And I just deleted my Twitter because I just, I can't. And uh, my Facebook. And then I've got Instagram, Court Crow Dold. Lots of fun videos of Rainy and wine. I like wine. We love Rainy. Rainy, thank you for making an appearance. I couldn't afford you, so thanks for just making a little cameo there, Rainy. <laughs> I'll send you some kibbles and bits. Yeah. Come on, get happy. Add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites. Add us to your favorites. And keep your browser locked. Keep your browser locked. Hello, beautiful people. This is Judy Liu, executive producer at Van Grio. I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Come On Get Happy Hour with Stevie D. You could be listening to anyone right now, and we're so appreciative that you've chosen to spend a little time with us. Your continued support means everything to us. Please continue to like and share our podcast with your friends, family, and coworkers. Tell a stranger on the street. We really do appreciate it. Be sure to follow at Vangrio on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, follow Stevie D and his so-called friends on Facebook. There you will see the videos of our episodes. At Vangrio, we rely on the continued support of our amazing listeners like you to be able to produce our content. If you wish to make a donation or shop our merch, please visit vangrio.com. That's V-A-N 
G-R-I-O-T dot com. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the show. All right, y'all. This next guy, he, uh, I think he's going to hold the record after the night. His third appearance. Yes. DVD and his rowdy-ass friends and front live from the Double Wide on Saturday nights. Tonight's our very first night on Zoom and YouTube. We're getting fancy now. This guy is a producer, podcaster, BMX legend, hot ride designer, and mixologist. And he, he, I think he's got a special quarantini ready for us tonight. Give it up, y'all, for my man, legend, Brad Fanshawe. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks for having me on again. I, I'm getting used to this, Stevie. It's, it's making this quarantine all worth it. So, now this is happy hour now, right? What's that? This is happy hour now, right? It's happy hour, yes. It's happy hour. And, and I thought, who better to have on? Because you make these intricate. You're like, let's go get a fig and just shave the rind and then just sprinkles. And look at that drink, bro. <laughs> so, is this I an official drink for the first night? This is it, man. We're, we're calling this a midsummer refresher, or you can just call it sun because it's going to sneak up and numb you. Sneak <laughs> up numb because right. this sucker, brother, this is – now wait. Now I'm going to put up the uh, – you'll, you'll be able to find the, uh, the whole recipe if somebody wants to make it themselves on my Instagram page, and I'll put it on my Twitter but what you basically do is you take a berry. I took strawberries. You muddle it with some ice in a shaker along with some mint and some lime juice. Then what we do is here's where it gets good. We're going to add okay. some cognac. Then we're going to add some vodka. I use, I use good cognac. I use some Hennessy. And uh, you shake it vigorously with some ice. You strain it out. You pour it over what I call a large rock. You just get one of them big old ice cubes, a large rock, because that just gets it nice and cold, doesn't get in your way. But then we're going to top it. We're going to top off that cognac. We're going to top off that vodka, the berries, the mint, with some ginger beer to give it a little effervescence. Ooh. And then we're going to garnish it with a strawberry and a sprag of mint. And oh then you know God. what you do? You the, the best part right here. Woo! Uh, you call it sun? That is good. Midsummer refresher. We're going to call it the sun because it's going to sneak up and numb because it goes so smooth, but all that booze just gets in your system. Well, that's, where, where can we find the recipe? I'm going to put it on Bradley underscore Fanshawe on Instagram and on Brad Fanshawe on Twitter. Go there. I'll give you the recipe and how to do it. You know, my drinks are pretty fancy too, Brad. What I did is I went to uh, Trader Joe's. Okay. And you go in the alcohol section and you look for the vodka that's on sale. <laughs> and this week it was Sky Vodka. So I'm well, like $9.99 for a bottle. All right. I'm in. I'm all in. So... Then I come home, and I go to my kitchen. I get three cubes of ice, not four. I don't want to water down three. Then I look at my refrigerator, and I go, what can go perfectly with Sky Vodka? And there was a half a bottle of vitamin water, and so then the vitamin water goes in, and I call it the Hillbilly Special tonight. That's what it's called. Hey, whatever works, okay? I Rock thought you were going to tell me. I thought you were going to tell me you went to the refrigerator, got a Pabst Blue Ribbon, Wait, <laughs> and you were I done. What the hell with the vodka? Yeah. How does that get in here? <laughs> PBR is the best. That's right. And I then can't even drink PBR more because now it's like a hipster beer. That's true. But the th great thing about beer is that it pays you back because when you get that trash can full of aluminum cans, you just go down to the recycler and get some money back and you can buy some more beer. You go to the one right outside. I did that with my kids once. We saved cans for like two months. I said, I'm going to teach them a little lesson because when I was a kid, I had a paper route, get out and bust my ass, throw it, slinging those papers. I'm like, they need to earn their life. Here's how, you, here's how you get a hustle, kids. So the hustle was daddy saving the cans, loading them in my car, 
standing in line with crackheads, selling their cans outside of Ralph's in the parking lot. You got to put each can or bottle individually in this little slot. And then after all that work, they got like $3.24 on a receipt that would that you validate that you can cash in at Ralph's. <laughs> and wait like, in line again, right? Just sweep the floor and, and pick up your clothes and I'll give you $3.24. How about that? <laughs> the, I remember as a kid when the, the big glass bottles, you know, they were worth a nickel or a dime or whatever, and we'd, we'd go looking for those things and take them to the grocery store, and that was what it was, you know? It was, yeah, but... It was like 10 know, cents? 10 cents for the big one, yeah, you know? The big ones, and the five cents for the regular, right? Yep. And I would go tap the cashier, and I grew up in Owensboro, Kentucky, which you probably know I was from Kentucky, but the cashier... I heard that before. You knew that, buddy. I only told you 82 times. But the cashier was Daryl and Mike Waltrip's mom. Oh, really? So I'd go tap her and go, Miss Waltrip, I got 22 bottles today. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm rich. And I'd go buy some grips for my little BMX or some, some pedals, you know? Yeah, definitely. Or, or, you know, I'd always, I wouldn't make it that far, Stevie. I would... Take my, you know, my 50 cents or 75 cents and I'd meander over to the, the candy and get a bunch of candy and then, you know, sit around just, you know, jones it out too, my candy. Know? Some uh, good bubble yum, something like that. That was like crack to kids. Like, I got the right. good, I got the good Not that double bubble shit. I got the bubble yum. You know, it's crazy. I was I was in the candy section one day not too long ago, and I guess I haven't bought candy in a long time. What the hell is with candy bars? Three bucks. I mean, kids got to make a lot of money. Know. You know, they got to make a lot of allowance just to, to pay for the candy anymore. That's half their allowance right there. So, brother, speaking of BMX, you're a BMX legend, brother. Hey, I don't know what this is. Scott. This is like a tandem BMX race. Called the side hack. And that's me in the hack, which was called the monkey. If you were in the side, you weren't riding the bike, you were in the hat. You were the monkey. And so when you come around turns, the monkey has to lean the opposite way so that nothing happens, so the bike doesn't spill over. And on the flats, yes. the monkey has to get out and push. So, uh, yeah. But it was uh, it was good times. Now, the reason we're we've got big air there in a hack, which doesn't usually happen, is because that was in San Diego at a place called Rancho San Diego, and it was about okay. a half mile. Well, no, it's a little over a quarter mile, but it was down the side of a mountain, and you came through these wow. huge berms all the way down, and then you came around the last one into a straightaway with a big, you know, like a tabletop. And uh, you can get some big air on that sucker. That's nice. You just posted a picture the other day. I'd saved it somewhere. Someone posted and you were like getting major air, man. You and some other dude was just like, Whoosh. but you were in all the little BMX magazines as a kid. You were a stud. Well, you know what? It was, it was, it was the early days of BMX. It was fun. We used to go on summer tour and, uh, and I raced pro. And, but I, you know, I was never like the top guy. I was, I was always down in the ranks, but I had a lot of fun. And, and I, um, you know, I was like rated in the top 10, top 15, but I was never like in the very top, the, the famous dudes that were out there. But then I went on to, uh, to run the organization that put them on called the American Bicycle Association. I was the vice president over there. And oh, I didn't know that. How did I know that? Yeah, that, that was good times. So it's what I did coming out of college. Three shows get deep into your BMX career. That's right. That's right. It's it's crazy know. though. You know, BMX is one of those sports, dude. BMX is one of those sports where so many kids raced it that if I go in to pitch a TV show or I'm on set um, or at a concert or something, it's crazy because somebody will go, dude. You're the guy from ABA, or you used to race, or and I've had guys like come up to me and go, like you know six five, and they're looking down at me. They're going, "Hey man, 
you're Mr. Fanshawe. I was a racer. I was, you know, and they were just little kids and they thought, you know, oh, he's the big cheese, you know? So it was fun. It's, it's, it, it has helped in business because a lot of guys dug BMX and, and uh, gives you something to talk about to a lot of people. And then the movies came out like Rad and all those movies yeah. and we would, that was so cool. I mean, I grew up just wanting to come out here. I'd read the magazines and see you guys in the magazines and build my little bike. And my bike back then was like my like Escalade. That was my shit, you know? Yep. One, one week I'd buy grips, one week would be pedals. One, you know, that was my, if you ever seen Citizen Kane, that was my Rosebud. A bike. <laughs> Rosebud. So, yeah, yeah. you got to hustle for that. And then you got into the hot rod world. Hot rods are good. They, they were good. I was always a hot rodder, man. I mean, what, what guy, what kid doesn't want to, you know, have a fast car or a cool car? And, uh, you know, guys, girls, they all, you know, everybody likes a cool car. And uh, I was just lucky enough to um, take my passion for cars and team up with my former business partner, Boyd Coddington. And a lot of people saw him on TV on American Hot Rod. That's him standing with me on one of our cars that won the most popular award in the world. And, and Boyd, uh, and you know, a lot of people heard Chip Foose. Well, Chip Foose, uh, I hired him. He worked for me there. He's actually behind us in that photo. And uh, Jesse James worked for us. So um, it, it was a golden time, man. We built some of the most iconic cars in the hot rod and custom and show car world. We did things like, uh, you know, the, the Dodge Viper? We did the prototypes of the Viper at our shop and uh, built build. Yeah, we did some of the work on it. Uh, most wow. of it was done at a place called the Metal Crafters, but we did some work and we did all the wheels and did a lot of cool stuff, man. Jay Leno used to roll by our shop all the time. Um, you know, uh, the guys from ZZ Top, the, you know, um, and, um, you know, the guys from Van Halen, we built cars for Eddie and Michael. And then um, there were just all kinds of famous people that rolled through there, you know, Tim Allen, because cars, music, Hollywood, they all go together, man. Hollywood, rock stars, hot rods. Uh, now, James Hetfield even has a, an exhibit in Peterson's, right? Yes. James is a huge gearhead. And yeah. he not only has an exhibit, he donated 10 of his most iconic cars to the museum. And he donated, uh, them. He donated them. What? Yep. He didn't donate one to me. I know, man. You could have been driving that thing. Oh, man. Come on, bro. <laughs> you, you partnered up with um, Michael Anthony, of course, is your partner. And... Um, and Bond Speed Wheels, he's your partner in the wheel company, right? Uh, we own uh, Bond Speed Wheels and Bond Speed Watches together, our Swiss watchmaking okay. company. And uh, Mike, Mikey's just a great guy. You know, it's, um, he's one of those guys that is just so genuine and so cool. Any of his fans who love him because of that, I'm going to tell you, he's that real guy every day of his life. He's just a, he's a, great guy and a great friend and you know we've been buddies for a long time we we take our fast boats out together we enjoy watches together we enjoy hot rods together and uh we get together all the time we you know go out on the boat together we go out barbecue and uh you know it's it's good times i don't live vicariously to you guys i was just down Dana point last week I, I told you we didn't get the hookup but People have boats and American flags. I'm like, what country? I mean, like, this is amazing down here. People are, like, patriotic, and you love it, you know, have a good time, work hard, play hard. You see hot rods and boats. I'm like, shit, that's the life right there, bro. Man, Orange County, it's, it's almost like there's this line in the sand, and it's just so different down here, you know? I mean, I come up to work up in L.A. all the time, but I love Orange County. I love the room. I love the, the space and I love, you know, the people and what you said, you see all these great cars and the boats and we, you know, we've got everything you could want here. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a golden life in Orange County. 
So I love that you got, you're like me, like our brain never stops probably, but you have 97 projects going. Yeah. You have two different What's that? You have Shift Steer Media. And oh, our podcast? Yeah, we have uh, Shift and Steer, and uh, then yeah. I have Man Seeks Adventure. The difference is, is Shift and Steer is hardcore cars. We do everything from Formula One, IndyCar, all the way to hot rods or just crazy rat rods and stuff. Where Man Seeks Adventure is more lifestyle. It's cars, bars, eats, and adventures. And we have people on there from, uh, you know, food. We have chefs. We have, what's that? Oh, hey, Stevie D. Yeah, Stevie D. That's right. We went, we went to the club one night. Went, we sat in the green room, and we just sat there and interviewed you and all the other guys and the gals. And it was, it was blast, man. We got to do that again. But, but no, it's about Given people, Man Seeks Adventure is about giving we do. little bits of advice and tidbits, you know? You go to bars, you have a special drink for each episode also, don't you? Oh, hell yeah. We theme the drink hell to yeah. the episode, to the guest or to where we went. And uh, you know, we've gone out and we've uh, tried to find the, be- the best breakfast burrito in Orange County. And let me tell you, man, that's a tough task because when you got to go eat a whole bunch of breakfast burritos... You know, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Good hangover food. Yeah. You and I got a little little cooking thing we're working on. I hope that pans out. Some rock stars and uh, got to get through this damn pandemic. I'm sorry. I just had Heather on a couple weeks ago. She was on that road trip. She took her Mustang. Yes. She went to Texas. She she came back from South America, and uh, mm-hmm. Heather Storm my co-host on Man Seeks Adventure, and she, um, we've done a lot of other projects together, but she went down to Costa Rica, and she got stuck down there during the pandemic. So she came back, her car was stored at a friend's, she jumped in her car after your show, went to Texas, and is staying with her aunt down there, and um, trying to make the best of getting through all of this, you know? I mean... Well, I think her, didn't her transmission go out or something in Corpus Christi or yeah. something? Well, she'd already made her destination. She went on a day trip to go uh, explore a little around where she was going to be living. And she uh, yeah, had that old transmission give up and uh, she got stranded. Dude, I love classy cars. You know, I've got a 78 Trans Am and I would not drive it to Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, no. I wouldn't even drive it to no way. Corpus Christi, uh, County. I'd go like... 40 miles. I'm like, okay, all right, we're good. Let's head back to the garage. But I'm like, what's the I'm like road trip you've ever taken in a hot rod? The longest road trip I've ever done in a hot rod? Well, I've taken some pretty long ones in some of the cars we've built. There used to be a thing called um, AmeriCruise, and it was like groups of guys in every city. You got more, and you'd all be on your way to a destination. I've driven from here to Lincoln, Nebraska before. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, How were you in? uh, in that one, I was in a, uh, in a 33 Ford three window and, wow, uh, okay. I've also driven, uh, you know, Shizum, the famous Shizum car through downtown Tokyo, which let me tell you, you want to feel like a rock star downtown Tokyo is just jam packed. And there's all these huge boards, you know, the, like Times Square, dude. I got everybody to stop in their tracks in that car. It came rolling down through the main area. And I had a video crew in a uh, VW bus with one of those rollback roofs. And the video camera's up through the top of there. And I'm rolling through downtown Tokyo in that thing. And it was just so cool. It was so cool. People are just like, like they didn't know what it was. It's a... uh, Shazoom, Shazoom, C H E Z O O M, and it uh, started life as a '57 Chevy, but it doesn't look like any '57 you've ever seen. It's it's one of the coolest cars ever. Did you build it? Did you? We built it at Boyd. Did you yeah. help design it? 
No, I uh, I did not you have anything to do with the. Event? I I helped come up with the name of it, and our shop built it, but uh, it was designed by somebody else. Yeah. And we took it. We they flew it to Japan. Cars over there. I'm sorry. They have some wacky cars there. Oh yes, they do. And like the people. Yeah. It's, it's crazy all these different countries that have different influences of cars, what they take and what they incorporate their own style and influences into it. Well, in some of the Middle Eastern countries where they really don't have, you know, the economic position to ever have a really crazy car or, you know, it's crazy. There'll be these princes that have 30 of something, but the average guy can't get anything. So they figure out other things yeah. to do. And one of the craziest things, um, I actually uh, pitched a TV show about different things people do with cars around the world. But in my research, in the Middle East, they do two things that are just nuts. One is, is called high-speed spin-outs, where they go out into the desert. They get going like 120, 130, and then just throw the car into a spin and whoever can spin the most 360s down the highway without leaving the road or flipping over wins. Well, what oh, happens, Stevie? Most of the cars flip or go off the road and go off into the desert. It's just nuts. The other thing they do <laughs> is called sidewall surfing. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. They get the cars or the trucks up on two wheels like in the movies, right? And they drive them, and it, when it first started out, it was who could drive them the farthest. And so without thing coming down. Well, I'm, I'm researching this for the show, and I'm going, well, where did they learn to do this? You know where they learned to do it? From watching the 1980s TV shows like Fall Guy, Dukes of Hazard. They yeah. just watched it and figured out how to do it and started perfecting it. Now they do things like get a, a Land Rover or a, uh, uh, the Toyota Land Cruiser, I mean, up on two wheels, out in the middle of the desert, going down the highway at 80. The guys get out and swap the front tire and put it on the rear and the rear tire on the oh. without dropping down. These guys are out there doing the wheels and tires. It's nuts. You got to look it up on the, on the internet. And you think that's what these guys do. They bombs before they do that. <laughs> I doubt that. But no, there's crazy things that people do. And Japan does have some of the craziest. You know, they've got their over-decorated cars and all kinds of stuff. What's the most, uh, what's the craziest or most elaborate car you built? Probably would be my, um, it's a Ford truck that I did. Ford came to me when the brand new body style first came out. I said, take a drink. I got to take one. You're a rock star. The drinking word tonight is rock star. Yes. And I haven't said that they, they came up with this new body style and they approached me and they said, hey, Brad, could you build a one-off truck? We could debut it at SEMA. And I'd done this for him before with a Thunderbird and a Mustang. I said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. So they said, well, why don't you come up with a theme? And you'll you know, I'm like, okay, I'll come up with a theme. So I came up with it as a, as a gothic inspired, like superhero. Okay. You know, and, uh -huh. and so I, I named it the bond speed Banshee and I went to Ford and I said, okay, you want this thing to be badass? I will make it badass. But what I need is the same year you're introducing this new pickup, you're coming out with the Ford GT supercar. I said, so why don't you send me a drivetrain out of a Ford GT and I'll put it in the truck. And they said, well, that's impossible. The, okay, Brad. The, they go into all this technicalities about the chassis talks to the, to the dash and the dash in the other car, the dash talks to the chassis and you know, the wiring's different. I said, don't worry about it. We'll make it happen. So I get a Roush prepared GT motor and six speed transmission delivered to my uh -huh. shop. And I get a, uh, a brand new Ford F-150 delivered to my shop. The 
thing is, is they said, you have 45 days to get this done. And I love a challenge. So we did it. And we, we successfully put the motor in trans. Now, these trucks never came with manual transmissions. So we had to create wow. the clutch pedals. We had to create everything. Plus, we cut the truck in half and put a independent rear suspension out of a Lincoln Navigator, redid the whole rear chassis. We, we touched every part of this truck. There was nothing on it. We did, we clayed up the front and rear nose. Uh, we welded up everything. We smoothed it. We painted it. I did a, um, a leather interior that it was a two-door pickup truck, and it had eight leather hides. We covered the dash, the headliner. We made matching luggage, and we put a $30,000 stereo in it. And this nice. thing was awesome. And took it to SEMA, and everybody just were blown away. And it went for uh, two years with, with Ford on the show car circuit, came back. I had it about six months, and I sold it at Barrett-Jackson. And it went to a guy. To Pardon me? They gave that truck back to you? Yeah. Yeah, I got it back. And wow. uh, I bought it for a dollar. And Like a Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> and I took it back to Barrett-Jackson, and I sold it one year along with six of my other cars and the guy who bought it calls me up while I'm still at Bear Jackson and he says, hey man, um, I'm going to drive this to my house in Palm Springs. So anything I need to know? And I said, I said, Gary, I, I wouldn't drive it. And he goes, what, something wrong with it? And I go, no, it's perfectly fine, but I've never driven it any farther than 120 miles. And I said, yeah. I don't know how far it'll go on a tank of gas because we fabricated the gas tank out of aluminum, you know? And the only way to find out is to drive the damn thing or be a mathematician that can go, well, the mass volume of the, and that's not me, okay? <laughs> and um, we, uh, I get a call on Monday morning and, it, and my, my girl goes, Hey, uh, Gary Cassidy, the guy who bought the truck, he's on the phone. I'm like, oh, no, he's uh -oh. stuck in the desert. The thing burned to the ground. I'm thinking all the worst things. And he goes, dude, uh, I drove across the desert at 120 miles an hour, had that $30,000 stereo blaring, and he goes, that thing oh, is just badass. The supercharger was screaming. And, and he goes, and, and, and I go, well, what about the gas? And he goes, he goes, I just stopped at every gas station. Every time I saw one, I filled it up. <laughs> and he goes, it never overheated, it never did anything. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end in a good note because right. Gary is a big time car collector and he okay. had a huge building built up in Canada. Um, his winter home was, was uh, Palm Springs. He shipped it up to Canada and had it up there with about 35 other cars. He built this beautiful building, put a uh -huh. big fence around it, but he built it too secure. It caught on fire, the building did, and the fire department couldn't get in because it was a secure building, and every car burnt to the ground, including the uh, F-150 super truck. And so wow. it's gone forever. It's only in photos. And what, what sort of policy did he take out right before the fire? I'm just curious. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Now, he had all kinds of really killer cars. He called oh, me. And I'm not talking out of school. This guy was in tears. Because Brad, that truck was the best car in my collection. And he goes, I had that uh -huh. one. And, you're, and he had also bought a 66 Chevelle from Mikey and I. And uh, he goes, those two, they're my prize. I can't replace them. He goes, I can go buy wow. another 69 Camaro. I can go. He goes, but that one, it's gone, man. I go, yep. Yeah. So, what was the name of the truck? Can we find it on... Uh we if Google you put in Bon Speed F-150, you'll be able to find it. And okay. it's a deep eggplant color with uh, even the powder coat on the truck, the wheels. We had it created from scratch, and it's called New Penny. And now you can buy the powder coat. I took him a brand-new shiny penny and said, that's what I want the powder coat to look like. That's badass. But I have to talk to you forever because we didn't get to, you know, the Rockstar stories and – you can, you can, you want to plug uh, one of your podcasts coming up? I know you got a new guest host. Is that still working out? Uh, yeah, when he's available. Billy F. Gibbons is our guest host on um, 
on uh, Man Seeks Adventure, and but he a has a band called Using Savannah in ZZ Top. That's right. And uh, but he's been out in Joshua Tree in a recording studio out there with I don't think I can say who it is, but he is laying down a new album with some guys, and it's going to be badass. In fact, he invited me the other night to come out to Joshua Tree with him and hang out with uh, some pretty stellar musicians. And uh, I'm going to put going to Joshua Tree. That's right, yes. And, I mean, it sounds like one of those great experiences because under the stars, out at Joshua Tree with these guys hanging out, talking music, and listening to what they're laying out, it'll be fun. It'll Joshua be fun. Tree is magical. So many, you know, from Graham Parsons, and so many. I, was just, I learned the Eagles... Um, um, peaceful, easy feeling. I want to lay with you in the, you know, the desert with the yeah. stars and, you know, and, uh, just, it's magical out there. It's just amazing. So just let me know where we're going so I can pencil it in. I, I will let you because you'll have to put it around your recording of the happy hour, right? Absolutely, buddy. This is locked hey, in stone. We got time for one quick rock star story or not? Well, always, but first of all, you said rock star. That's the oh, drinking word. There we go. All right. You always like them. And um, here's the deal. So, and I hope I haven't told you this one before, but do you remember the China Club? Do you remember the China Club? Yes. In LA. Hollywood. The China Club. You know who was the bartender there? Pardon me? You know who was the bartender? Uh, Cher's boyfriend, the bagel boy. What? Emergency. Okay. Hey, Stevie, let's call it quits. I got an emergency. I mean, do you? Okay. It's Brad, serious. I, I gotta go. We're gonna look you up on Man Seeks Adventure. Okay. We're gonna have to I, I gotta go. Story. It's, it, I gotta go. Take it easy. Okay. All right, Brad. Love you, buddy. Come on, get happy. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching the very, very first show on YouTube. I hope you uh, spread the spread the word that uh, every Wednesday night we're we're getting happy. Turn off your news. Do a couple hair flips, and I'm gonna take it out with my producer. I talk about every week. She did all of my production. It was uh, John Reap and I. Sketch was on the red carpet right there, right after you won America's uh, Got Talent, I think it was. And uh, she's an amazing DJ all the way from up in Canada. Sketch, Judy Lewis, and take us out with something here. Thanks for watching, everybody.
This is a Vangrio production.